0: Everybody
1: right. Good. You're, we are back for another episode of the Bench Mob podcast. We got here today a lot of stuff to talk on, a lot of stuff to touch. You know, we got basketball, free agency, the draft. Um, we got everything with the NFL this past weekend. Uh, but definitely want to start off by saying shout out to everybody that is our followers, people that be commenting, liking, voting on the polls. We appreciate y'all. Y'all mean? everything to bench mob family. Um, so we appreciate y'all. Keep liking, keep commenting, keep sharing. Make sure you subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, shout out to the future subscribers. They aren't here yet. Uh, shout out to y'all. Shout out to the future sponsors, everybody along that path. But uh, we want to start off with this one, get straight into it. The versus battle. Big for the culture. Jeezy Gucci. I ain't really listen to Gucci a lot myself growing up. I'm a Jeezy fan more so. Who y'all thought won? I'm going to say Jeezy, but I saw people that were saying Gucci, Gucci won. So I don't know. Who who, who y'all
2: like? I, I didn't realize how big it was for the culture after, until I looked into it after the fact. Like, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know there was beefing like that for that long. Like, I didn't know the history. So I started still looking into the history. I was like, oh, this is significant. Like, that's a big thing. But, but you know, yo, Gucci's more my time. Like I'm just gonna be honest, like that's just Gucci's more of my time, so I I err on the side of Gucci, but I don't know, man. Like, I, Ja, what do you think? Um, uh, I feel like I feel like just
0: watching the, the highlights of it. I think I think Snowman won it. You know, I think you know, he just came out with the classics. You know, and and I know they had their beef and everything, but I just think that like he just I, I listened to him more than Gucci, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I don't know. I think I think he took it a lot that, that 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 night. Yeah,
1: I'm a little biased. I'll say that right now. 2.6 million people ended up tuning in, which is crazy numbers. Um, it was big for the culture. It was big for Atlanta. Um, I totally forgot to start off the show and mention we have two new people. Like we talked about it, but I didn't introduce y'all to the to the listeners. We got here with me, Greg, um, Progress First Basketball Training CEO, G Baby, and we got the bearded one, Ja2J, with us. Hopefully, hopefully if they like it or whatever, this will be our two new permanent additions to the Benchmob family for our shows, uh, educated on sports, all different sports. So we are more than happy to have y'all on the show. Thank y'all for joining in. Appreciate y'all for sending in y'all clips. For sure. Getting straight into the sports, though. Over the past weekend, we had the draft happen um it's been a lot of different viewpoints on it we saw some people slip in the draft we saw some people get drafted higher than they're supposed to how do y'all feel about the draft y'all thoughts on it who was the winners who was the losers of this draft
2: i'll be honest with you man i i look at we just talking about the knicks is earlier before the show started i i like what they did <laughs> it's great yeah it's crazy i i'm not one to say good things about the knicks man but i and there's there hasn't been much good things to say since i've you know, you know, just been watching sports my entire life. I'll be honest with you. I of that year with uh, the Woodson year with Carmelo and them. But man, that was the best draft I've seen and they haven't, them have in a while. And it started with some luck. OB shouldn't have fell to eight. Like that's crazy, but he did. So you, that, you have to be a little lucky sometimes. You get quickly who is underrated, like, right? Like just wasn't on the radar, but can score all different types of ways off the bounce, hitting floaters, hitting threes at a high clip. I like him a lot. He's going to play. He's going to be an impact player for them right away. I feel like. Um, and then you get Miles Powell <laughs> undrafted, which wasn't supposed to happen either, but it happens. You get Miles Powell and you, again shooting, right? In a year after they their weakness was shooting, right? They didn't have shooters, yeah. they got they had four power forwards last year. They were running out there. It, it was it was a nightmare. So then you go get Powell and these guys who can shoot the ball and space the floor, and you get RJ some help to get him some lanes to drive to the basket and hopefully he's shooting the ball better next year, too. They're a winner. I, I thought they did a really good job in the draft, man. And then um, Sixers to with That pick up Tyrese Maxey was was I, I liked it too. Um, and then also I think they did with free agency. We'll get to free agency too. But I liked yeah. it. What about you, John?
0: Who,
1: yeah, who'd you like in the draft?
0: Um, well, I was I was waiting for the Knicks to mess it up because they, they normally do. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was waiting for them to, to draft some European player I'd never heard of. Um, but I think um, I'll be honest with you. I think like you know the top three went exactly how I, I thought it was gonna go. Um, you know, just different variation of who was going to go where, but you know, I, I do, I do like Maxie to the Sixers. I think that was a steal, um, and I think that that the kid Tyler uh, uh, the way that he fell he fell, fell out to the Kings. I, I think he dropped way too low. Uh, so I mean, I, I would probably say like I, I like what the Hornets did. I like what, uh, getting Lamelo, and I like Vernon Carey because you know that's a big that's a big big presence in in the, in the paint. You know, so I think that they 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 fit. The needs that they, they wanted to get. So I think, and then obviously, you know, they got some free agent players, but I think the Hornets did pretty well in the draft.
1: What y'all think about the well, Warriors? We we find out on draft night, Clay basically isn't coming back. If y'all had that number two pick, do you think you, you know, knowing what y'all know with Clay, do y'all still draft Wiseman or y'all try to get maybe LaMelo? I'm, mm.
2: I'm, I'm going Wiseman. I, I was of the, the mindset that Wiseman was the pick that made sense for them because all these years, we look at these, even their dynasty years, who are they running out there at center? Kavon Looney, right, for most of those years? Um, Bogut was, was their best center. Zaza. Right? Zaza. <laughs> right? So so you needed a center. You needed a, a, a presence down there. Wiseman's talented, right? He plays away from the basket, plays in plays in the paint. I think he's really, really talented. Um I think they could have done with like a more veteran presence in the paint too, like getting a Marcus Saul but he's a Laker. We'll talk about them soon too, I'm sure. But um, yeah, man, like I, I like that pick a lot. Mello wouldn't have fit. I, I think Mello Melo's more of that playmaking guard. I think it, it could have worked right without Clay there that one year, but long-term you got to think about it long-term for him. I think the best op- opportunities for him to be in a situation where, Hey, the ball's yours. Let's go. You and him and Devontae Graham. I like that backcourt. Um a lot. and they balance each other out really well in Charlotte because Devontae's more of that shooter. Um, too. So I, I liked it a lot. I thought they made the right move considering the situation.
1: The, do y'all think Terry Ja, yeah, you think Terry Rosier gets moved to the bench now? Because Terry's still there.
0: Scary I think, Terry. I, I, I think Terry Rosier, his days in Charlotte is numbered, honestly. Because right. he's he's the type of player, you know, he wants to play. I don't see him wanting to come off the bench. Um, so I think they're gonna make they're gonna make a move for him because obviously Lamelo's starting. And, and Graham's starting. So, I mean, unless he takes that six-man role, I think he's his days is numbered.
1: Yeah, uh, it will be intriguing to see how they do that, especially since they, you know, traded for him last year. They wanted him to be – I think they had it in him being a face of the franchise-type player, and then Graham actually played better than him by all accounts, in my opinion, yeah. And he actually played last year, which then makes it in a position where you draft LaMelo. Like, all right, obviously, we you don't believe – and Terry Rozier. You don't draft LaMelo if you believe in Terry Rozier. Um, I agree with you, too. I like I like the pick the Kings got at number 12, Therese Halbergen. That's going to be a good backup for Fox, and he can play side-by-side on him. 6'5", plays defense, score. He's a seasoned player. Um, so I like that pick. I agree. I was really shocked and surprised. The Knicks actually did a decent job. They didn't mess it up. They didn't trade you get Obi top when they drop that far down which i think some teams above that are going to regret that chicago cleveland i think he was on the board y'all should have
2: yeah we didn't talk about losers it, yet right because well, that you know, chicago yeah. pick was yo oh yeah that was <laughs> I, I, that Chicago pick me in my head i was just like all right maybe i look these scouts get paid a lot of money this Pat. No, even then looks- like, right, like, he has physical tools. You can see it in the film when you watch him. And I went back, and i watched him. I'm scratching my head. I'm like, I just don't understand how he goes top four. Like, what's happening? He's got a lot of, right, physical tools, but to go that high, right? I think that's the theme of this whole draft, right? Skill players falling, the physical tool guys getting moved up. Why we have a frustrating night for guys like Miles Powell, Marcus Howard out of Marquette, who is killing, super skilled, right? Doesn't get drafted. It's a uh, common thing yeah. you saw. I think
0: Chicago definitely over overthought that pick. Uh, I think they tried to outsmart everybody, Um, and who knows, he 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 might be one of those good defenders and stuff like that. But that that was a reach. Um, I think they're gonna regret that. That's like that uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist at number two a few few years ago. Yeah, that that didn't make no sense, Uh, and they they regretted that. So we'll see, but yeah, it'll be definitely dropped because of that pick That, that that threw off everybody.
1: I think the I think the Hawks did a good job. But I don't I didn't like that first pick because you, you draft basically a defensive minded big man who rebounds basically, right? But you still already have John Collins there and you still have C- Capella under yep. under contract. So he's coming back healthy.
2: Hey, it's funny, you know what? Like you're saying that and I i I'm thinking about it. What don't the Hawks do well? Play D. Like <laughs> Trey Young is horrible defensively, right? So they went out, they signed what? Chris Dunn, who plays defense. um, And you get Rondo, Rondo. Who, plays, who locks up, plays defense too, right? When he wants to, when he's motivated. We'll see how long that lasts in Atlanta, right? Okay, that may not go that well. But I think creating like that big front line makes some sense because again, guys are getting right past Trey Young in that pick and roll game or even ISOing. So that, it makes some sense. But John Collins looks like he's on the way out. I heard those rumors that those guys weren't getting along anyways, just like just from a playing standpoint. Right, like, hey, not nah, well, that's John I mean. Collins, yeah, he wants a max
0: deal, so I don't, I don't think they're trying to pay him that. So, right. Right. yeah, he, he's probably on the way out. Mm. Um, get some value for him. So, yeah, that pick, I guess, I guess they made that pick thinking they're gonna trade him because that's the only reason that made sense to me. Yeah, um,
1: if if they got the inside tip where they they already you know having the mindset that they are not gonna pay John Collins or he's on his way out, then yeah, that pick makes sense. Um, especially you know how the rookie deals go. Hey, if John Collins about to be out in a year or two, we could get the same type of player, and he's going to be cheaper in the long yeah, I, run because he's still be on that rookie contract. But right. looking at the rest of that draft, we see players as you mentioned, Marcus Howard drop. We see players like um, Miles Powell. It you know created a, a conversation and a thought. Why does it seem you know? Some people say this is a narrative. Some people disagree. It seems as if. Players that end up staying three, four years are basically, they are faulted for staying three, four years, and you see them get drafted later. And positions where sometimes they don't even get drafted at all. I'm going to throw out some names to y'all. The last player that was a four-year player to actually get drafted number one overall was Kenyon Martin in 2000. We in 2020, that's 20 years. But you have people that will argue on the other side. Damian Lillard. Four years went number six. J.J. Reddick stayed four years went number six. Tim Duncan went number one overall, but ninety seven. Nick Collison went number twelve. Now people like me, who I think they're faulted, you could then look at Chandler Parsons, which we're not going to say he's an elite player.
2: Definitely we're not, not. going to say that. He got oh, his bag. Man. He got, he him got bag, his bag. He right. He should be. He should be in jail right now. He robbed like eight teams.
1: Oh <laughs> number thirty eight pick. George Hill went number 26. Jeremy Lynn, he had that run with Sanity. He went undrafted. Wesley Matthews, who just got signed by the champs, by the Lakers, he was undrafted. Draymond Green, the champion himself, number 35 overall pick, and David Lee with number 30. How do y'all feel about, is this an actual true thing that basically they're faulted for staying late? And if so, why is it that the NBA faults players for staying late and actually being more NBA ready, but they value a he's 18 with a ceiling to be this mm-hmm. when you got somebody that's
0: already at that ceiling. I think I think, um, well, two things. I think one, I think when when you stay four years, um, NBA scouts sometimes look at it like if you were good enough, you probably would have came out already, uh, you know, a couple of years ago um and also you know they have all these i mean it's just more years that they get to groom those players like if you're at 22 23 coming out of college they think that you know that's you might have hit your peak even though people's players primes are not until 27 28 you know so this is how you look at it but you know there's a lot of a lot of players that you know usually if you're good enough you're out you're out one year you know and obviously some people need that three to four years but for the most part you know, I think, like you say, if you're good enough, one or two years max and, and, and you're in the NBA. So I think, you know, they just don't want – it's more of a developmental with these players that after four years, they're thinking that, that maybe they need even more work. And after four years, you have to come out. You know, you don't have a choice. So so, so maybe they think that they're still not ready. Um, so, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's obviously a lot of the talent-based. And uh, it's not to say that's impossible, because obviously you named a few players that did it. But I, I think for the most part – Um, they look at it that way
1: I mean you look at the thing one of the things uh, before you go Greg that I always think about when I look at it is like yo this doesn't really exist outside of the NBA world like if you go to your job they want four or five six years experience and they want they're not going to hire you we've seen it plenty of times us graduating high school college hey so I know you want a job, I know you need to work, but you need 12 years experience. You need this, you need to have a doctorate. I'm like bro, I just graduated. I don't. I need the, a job first to get the experience. MBA, hey, so you look like you might be decent. You might be a superstar, we'll give you that shot. I just always find that interesting. This doesn't happen anywhere else, but the MBA, everywhere else loves the experience factor. But go ahead, Greg.
2: No, nah, I mean, yeah, you, you and Jabo hit, hit it like on the head for me too. I was, I mean, when I look at it now, like the way that it's, it's all been, it's all changed with drafting players now is it's gone from that four-year model. And even then, like back when guys like Kobe was getting, drafted, Kobe came straight out of high school, right? You could come out of high school, but for the most part, if you went to college, you were there for two or three years. Like that's what it was. Um, you know, Vince Carter comes to mind. Think about a guy who stayed in college later. I think it was his, what, his third year he left? Yeah. Uh, curry too like it, it's just changed and now like you got the younger guys who got on the aau circuit and they're playing getting a lot more exposure early on and these cows these nba scouts are like skipping like high school games and going straight to these aau games and so they're seeing you play you know the 10 the, the tennessee titans like and you know on some aau tournament somewhere and you know you're you're playing really well and they they're already, you're already on the radar they're already kind of projecting how they can mold your game right out of the out of the gate when you're 18 19 plus that four-year contact that is stretched it's a math game too right it'll stretch a little bit longer you're younger um they're not paying you your second contract by the time you're in the second contract being what 23 24 you're going to be near 30 28 29 so it's a it's a numbers game too but i think it's i think it's bogus right you take the best possible player you can um no matter what like i think cj went to school cj McComb right? Was he a four-year guy coming out? Yeah. Um, and he's, he's a killer, right? And it's gotten better since he's gotten in the league. Sure. He's older, but he's got to kind of give him some the age smoothly. He's a, he's a great shooter. Right? So it, it's, it's really a hit and miss. There's no science to this thing, but I think that they miss out when they don't draft those guys who are four-year players. Um, Dames, obviously a great example, great example, and he went six. You can make the case five teams missed on him. I don't know who went, who went number one that draft. <laughs> so it, it, it's crazy. Right, it, it's crazy. They'll miss, and it's simply for, it's for that thinking. Or oh, we can mold this Patrick Williams, who went number four, into the next Kawhi. That's probably what they're thinking, right? Instead of going with Obi, who played four years and is already polished, right? So it, I, I don't, I don't agree with the the school thought. But every player has a different set of rules that you're going to kind of measure them by. Like Lamelo was a 18 year old who's ready to go, but it's a different circumstance. You know I mean? Yeah, he did
0: different. I think, I think, I. You know, I think it's because a lot of times even, you know, you know, these players that go, that they, they leave earlier than they're supposed to uh, because, you know, they, they, they just got that raw talent. Sometimes they should stay two more years sure. and they'll probably, and they'll end up being better. A lot of these players that come out after their freshman sophomore year because, you know, they go to Kentucky and Duke and, and they, the, the schools probably tell them you can't come back because you're not going to have a, you know, playing time. So they get forced to go there and they're not really ready yet. Like, I think, you know, I think Harry Giles was, was one of those. I mean, he, he had injury problems, but I think that he, he had immense talent. So I think if he he's the type of player, maybe if he stayed a couple more years, actually developed his game and obviously didn't get hurt, he probably would not be bouncing around right now. So I just think that it's, 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 a, it's a combination of, you know, the school's forcing you out when you're not really ready yet because um, obviously they, they made their money off you they're waiting for the next player now. Um so I think you know, like I said if they if they did stay a couple more years, they would probably be work out better. Like not everybody's LeBron James and Kevin Garnett that can Kobe that can come out when they're 18 years old and dominate the league, you know. All so right. I think they I think they should change the, the rule. I don't think you should be allowed to come out after one year. Um, because yeah, honest, you know, or, or you should go to school for one year. Otherwise, you know, go to that they have that new thing with the G League, and do that, and then you know you don't have to go to school for two three years. If they yeah, if they I think that.
1: I think that option to go to G-League for one year is a real good thing, um, especially then it's just really just development Then, because a lot of them, another thing where I, I could understand players leaving early, especially those coming from, you know, poverty stricken areas, you need that bad. So I get that aspect. Um, I just don't think NBA teams should penalize those that end up staying. You feel me? Like sometimes, like you mentioned, even, A, people are really, arguably considered, Michael Jordan the goat. He didn't come out till his 3rd year. Right. And he was trying to come back that 4th year, but that was a different time. As Greg has mentioned, jokers that are 11 years old, kids have mixtapes already at 11. Yep. And you seeing kids talking about coach K at the game at 11 years old and they got a soft offer to come to Duke in year 2034. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: real. That's that's like, that's what it is now.
1: Like I I can speak for me, I don't think at least for me, I didn't start really getting seriously training at you no know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Like they're starting earlier and earlier. Seeing, I'm seeing kids eight years old. Like, yeah, I'm doing three days.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So, it's it, and that's 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 the thing though, right? So like, <laughs> you not it. What happens is it really messes up the the whole process for the late bloomer. The late bloomers are the guys that, you know, they can be special, right? You just don't see it coming when they're 15, 16, whatever it is, right? Um, I think about Cole Anthony, like, as an example, right? Always I've been on the radar. Son of an NBA player, but been on the radar, crazy athletic, and genuinely skilled, can really play. Had a bad year last year, got hurt a lot. But, like, again, gets drafted, what, 15? He had a, bad, he had a bad year. <laughs> you know, he had a bad year. And, yes, there were circumstances he was hurt. It, it makes – I get it. Like, he's really talented. I actually like him a lot. But that's my point take these guys who you, you, you they're on the radar they're well known you know them all throughout their high school circuit we can mold them into whatever we we, we trust our guys here in in house to make him great as opposed to saying all right well like he needs another year like it's just he's just not gonna make an impact right away so you're gonna see a lot of that this year I feel like more than anything else but you know, guys people are better now too Hoopers are better now coming up so that there is some credibility to that too for sure
1: yeah uh, just another uh, team to throw out there that are always great at finding these late blowers or people that stay later. Forgot to mention them, the Spurs, their two picks, Vassell and Trey Jones. Mm-hmm. Under Popovich, I think they're going to flourish. It's going to be that system. We're going to see them. They won't probably be in the conversation of rookie of the year, but they'll be making impact to having the Spurs winning games, especially in that system. You still got LaMarcus Aldridge there. And you got DeRosa who signed back. Hey, I – I think those were some really good picks for San Antonio. And I know those two, maybe Trey Jones specifically wanted to go higher, but hey, going to San Antonio and Greg Popovich,
0: that's a one win, my guy. Like Yeah, you can't ask for a better situation yeah. than that.
2: No. And yeah, Trey Jones yeah, defense so. and you pairing it with DeJounte Murray defensively. Those guys on the floor at the same time, I, I don't know how much you're going to score, right? You got Katie and Kyrie. And that's, you just got Katie and Kyrie on the other side of things, and it can get a little crazy. But other than that, like, it's it's going to be a tough night for most teams playing against them. They have, he, they're have, they really building a young, athletic, like, defensive-oriented team. Like, and Papa Joyce got something up his sleeve. I don't expect them to be down for too long.
1: Nah, I'd see them, hey, they almost got into the playoffs. This year, right? This year in that bubble. Um, If Phoenix didn't ball out and if the Blazers didn't do what they did, we might be having a different conversation with San Antonio. But, of course, we're talking about all these undrafted players. Um, We decided on the show to actually do like a draft to pick our top three undrafted players that we have uh, in history who we would choose. So we'll start off with Greg, then we'll go with Jad, then me and then back around so greg with the first pick
2: yeah no i i've been debating about this since we talked about this last night um but i think ben Wallace gotta be my number one guy man um I, I told I, the the threat the, the thread the theme of the day for these undrafted guys is that all of them star in their roles you're not gonna find this unprecedented superstar 1a guy alpha guy on here right but you're gonna find a bunch of guys who would stars at their roles so like who did it the best Ben Wallace in his era, like the big man wasn't marginalized. He did his job, roamed the paint, protected the paint, was a was just a dog, right? And what? How many defensive teams? I think I saw he he was an All Star at least four times there. I think in his career, made All Defensive Team almost every year he was in the league, especially in his prime. Yeah, that, that dude. I think he's the number the best undrafted guy, and really a guy that doesn't come to mind that often. Um, talk about players.
1: Yeah, Ben Ben Wallace sometimes is forgotten, but.
0: They Don't get that championship without Big Ben. Ah, no, no way. No, no, yeah. But Big Ben was a defensive prowl, you know. Yeah. For sure. Who you uh, drafted? Um, uh, for me, uh, it was tough, but I, I guess my my number one pick would have definitely been um John Starks. You know, Ooh. I you know, I actually almost forgot he went undrafted, and then you just think about what he you know, what he brought to the table. You know, he wasn't the biggest guy, but you you didn't want to play against him, you know that guy can just dunk all over you. You know he was just ferocious. Uh, you know playmaker. He kind of remind you kind of like a maybe like a smaller, uh, uh Russell Westbrook kind of. Just you know you just he just came at you always. You know, um, and like I said, you you wouldn't think of it, but and I mean look at those. I mean I am sure that draft was crazy when he came out, but still like the fact that he went on draft. I feel like, yeah, I feel like to me like he was definitely a top guy that to never get drafted.
1: Um, for my number one pick, uh, as being a Lakers fan, I really didn't care for him. But Bruce Bowen, Bruce mm. Bowen on that Spurs team, mm-hmm. very in San Antonio, they appreciated him. People that knew basketball appreciated him, but a lot of times would not show up per se in the box score, would not show up with the crazy stats. But he was one of the, I definitely would say, is one of the the start of the trend of a three and D guy Mm -hmm. like Bruce Bowen was definitely revolutionary in that, in that regard for, for that three and D guy. Like he was huge for the Spurs during that, that time in their dynasty and help literally shape what their actual culture ends up being. That's where you could draft somebody like Vassell, who's a three and D guy to the Spurs. So, that's my number one pick. I'll go with my second pick. We're going to go back around my second pick. I would have to pick somebody else who was a 3 and D guy who, rest in peace, Kobe, would give him fits,
2: uh, but Raja Bell. Oh, Man. He was on my list. He was <laughs> yeah, annoying. He was on my list. Super
1: annoying. I'll never forget that interview with Kobe when Roger Bell was on the Suns, and they asked Kobe, like, yeah, so uh, who's this Roger Bell kid? He said he's gonna stop. He was like, Who? I don't know what that is. Proceeded to drop 40, but it was a hard 40. So, 12 years in the league, uh, I got Roger Bell as my second pick. Back to Ja and then Greg.
0: Um, so i guess my second pick. I would, I'll, I'll probably go with Avery Johnson. Um, cool. you, know, you know, he was. You know, actually, you know the fact that he was the only undrafted player to have his number retired is kind of mind blowing. You know, uh, I just remember, you know, kind of uh, when I started watching basketball around that time, ninety nine, two thousand. You know, he was the starting point guard for the Spurs, and you know, he he just dominated. He he, you know, he led the whole postseason assist that year. Even until now, he has the most assists all time undrafted. You know, I just say he was just a 4 general. You know, he just – you know, he was the guy that, you know, you won the ball in his hands at all times. And, again, he wasn't the biggest guy, but, you know, he just got the job done at all times. And without him, I don't think they won win that title that year, honestly. Now, uh,
1: alluding to exactly what Greg said, these undrafted players, whatever their role was, they were stars in their role. They weren't the superstars, but they were stars in their role. And uh, Some of them, like we are mentioning, I think if they got that same opportunity as these top picks – could have been stars, but oh yeah, you get drafted, like John Starks, you get drafted in the Knicks, you got Patrick Ewing already there, and he yelling in your ear, we've seen all the highlights of him <laughs> yoking John Starks up, so if John Starks was able to be in this in this league right now, he kind of would be like Westwood, like, nah, this is my team, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, and I got a lot of heart and passion, I'm in your face with it, but during that time, nah, you had to, you, you robbing to Patrick's batman but go ahead, Greg. You got two picks up.
2: Hey man, listen, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you guys a little bit. I I you know we're going all these old school players and I, I like that, but I think Fred Van Vliet is a top ten undrafted guy ever. List. Like for real, because if you if you look at him like he's got a title, he was a big part of that title. He hit big shots, like and like his role, like I his role is more fun to watch, right? Like, he's not just there – he's not just there to do one specific thing. He does a lot. He sets up the offense. He hits open shots. He he gets he, – he's also got a lot of autonomy and freedom in the offense to do what he wants to do out there. So, I like him a lot. I think he's one of the best undrafted. And, honestly, when you get that bag he got, which was – what what that's the – he got the most money out of any undrafted player, like, ever. Shout,
1: right. shout out no. to him for getting the bag. Let that's Let a
2: dollar, brother. <laughs> <For real. laughs> that's it. That's it. So when you get that bag, it, it, that, that speaks for itself. Like you're, you gotta be in top 10 company. So I'm going with him. Um, and then when I circle back, man, look, champs got him. Wesley Matthews is, is he's not a real sneaky, good career, man. Like um, I may be overlooking some people, but I, I really like him a lot. That pick. I think last year he balled out and shooters don't go anywhere, man. Like they, 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 they get better with age. They're timeless, they're timeless man. He played D Right. He popped on his first year on the team with Utah. Right. Remember him with Utah playing back then with AK 47 and them guys like that. I, I like him a lot. I had a lot. I, has had a really great career. And um I think he's going to get a ring. Real yeah, soon, shout, shout out to that longevity. Yeah, man. Back yeah, to no, you, no.
0: your pick, your last pick. Uh, man, my final pick, uh, you know what? It's probably not like the uh, sexiest pick. Um, uh, but you know, I just, I followed him his basically his whole career. Cause you know, I, you know, I rock with that team, but I would say Udonis Haslam. Um, Yo, you know, I was about to say, him. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, the man's been playing was 18 years now. He just signed another one year deal with Miami. I, I just, it, the, the fact that he's been on one team for that long and not being the star player, which is actually even more impressive. Um, you know the guy just you know you don't want to go against him you don't want him to guard you in the post you know he's just that he's that rough rider you know he just you know, he just he's just uh, you know the raggedy defender that again you don't you don't you, you want him on your team but you don't want to go up against you know and he just uh, he he knows his role he had that that mid-range game was beautiful that, that, that jump shot was automatic you know um, and like I said, he just he just played his part perfectly. Um, and he's almost he's, he's basically been a player coach for the last ten years, you know. Um So from even from like I said, from the from the 06 championship to the Big Three, even till now, he just the guy doesn't even look like he ages. I mean, you know, he just again he doesn't play a lot. But like I said, I just think that for the longevity and and, and for what he did for his roles and stuff like that, I think you know he was definitely my third pick.
1: Yeah, UD shot. Another person, it's not the big bag, but he keep getting them one year bags to man, <laughs> they to be a bitch. They add up. <laughs>
2: to, they add up just what? the same <laughs> to be that player exactly.
1: coach. Please <laughs> so, let me. I keep. I be telling people like, oh yo, oh I couldn't be the sixteenth man. I will gladly be the sixteenth man. Give me two point five million a year. Clancy. I get to practice. I get, to, get play. to travel. Get to travel go for free. What? I'm good with that. And just know, that 16th man will give you 81, though.
2: Yeah. Like, that's what they don't get. Oh, yeah. That's what they don't get, man. Like, don't get it twisted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) UD, if he wasn't, again, playing his role, UD could have been a 20 and 10 guy easily. Right. Easy for his career. Oh, yeah. Had the mid-range. He was pick and pop.
2: Yeah, a little hook game, too
1: pick him pop automatic, 15, 18-footer. Yep. And then, you know, he played lockup, mad heart, and was a rebounding machine. You see even when he get in, that you can play four minutes and get six boards, like. <laughs> wait, hold up. You had four minutes and six boards? Dang. It's crazy. My last pick, I had to throw out there uh, another class. that so y'all took my picks, which is why I said we had to make sure we had a long enough list. <laughs> I had to throw in there Brad Miller from uh, mm. the Kings. Mm. Okay. Mm. Brad Miller, you know, one of the players that one, again, played his role, but then definitely he expanded his game to keep him another two or three years. He started shooting threes, ended up averaging 13 points for his career, eight rebounds. And another person he, you know, didn't do what Van Vliet did and get in his big bag. But over his career, for somebody undrafted, he made over $90 million. Correct. So a man made his bread, was able to stay in the league for a minute, productive. I know I like playing with him in 2K, stretch five, pick and pop. He was knocking down two, three things a game. Yep. Give me like eight to 10 boards. That that dude was
2: was legit. One of those dudes who modernized the game, man. He's, he's a... He's OG. People don't talk about those kind of players, but those guys are why you have guys like they're the reason why James Wiseman taking threes right now. It's it's that. It's those guys, but, man.
0: Games change, definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah shout out JD JJ Berea, man. JJ burrea man. man. That he I'll
0: never forgive him, man. I can't. He sticks around.
2: JJ <laughs> <laughs> <D>. Burea.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, I can't knock him. You know, he's the guy's like 5'3", three and he's been he's doing his thing. <laughs> man. Kill
2: I, I, I can't.
0: I can't forget. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, like,
1: shout out to, shout out to JJ Berrea I think, uh, unfortunately, with how Bear Guards have been balling, this probably his career is uh, probably winding up in Dallas. Uh I don't oh, see yeah. anybody. I don't see anybody probably signing him after that. But how Tim Hardaway Jr. played, how Seth Curry was playing last year, and shout out to him getting traded to Philly. Very, you gonna talk, you gonna talk about more- that? That was a big move. I think that was Huge a big move for move. them, especially with them needing to shoot and Seth Curry, who is often in the shadow of Steph, but that man could shoot, that man could ball. He had to deal with injuries too, and people forgot about him. But Seth, healthy, definitely one of the big moves this offseason. Speaking of, since we already transitioned into it, what's been some of the big free agency offseason moves so far or trades that y'all see are going to be impactful for this season coming up?
0: Man, Oof, so many
2: the, the Lakers team. Man, the Lakers. I when I when I heard they got Trez, <laughs> when I heard they got Trez, I was just I couldn't believe it. Like the fact that these guys got Montrez, Dennis Schroeder, Mark Gasol signed recently, who West. was bald in the playoffs, bald in the playoffs, right? Got KCP back on that 40 million dollar deal, who balled out, deserved it. Shout out to him for getting his bag, he deserved it. Um, you got the sixth man of the year. The six-man of the year runner-up runner on the same team. You can start. You're going to start Dennis Schroder. You're going to have a crazy death lineup, right? You're going to have Bron, Dennis, KCP, AD, and Trez. As like, whoo, that's crazy. Like they got better. They went out and got significantly better. This is the deepest team Brons ever played on. Like I, I don't see how teams are going to contend with this, especially when you didn't get James Harden over there, the Nets, right? So nothing blew it out the water. Like so, I just think they really did a good job upgrading their team, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I can't. Well, the biggest thing about is going to the Lakers is that he's not in the Clippers no more, right. you know, oh, and yeah, they, they got Baca, but uh, I don't really think they well. First of all, they lost they lost Jermichael Green, um, and so that was that was definitely a big. I mean, I know they got Luke Kennard, but uh, but they also lost Chamin. So I'm not really worried about them. But I'll be honest with you, you know, definitely the Lakers. I think one free agency. Um, and I think also, even though they're not getting really that much noise, I think Atlanta won free agency too. I mean, hmm. you figure, you know, they got Rondo, you know, they got um, Gallinari. That was huge. That was a sleeper pickup, you know. And, I mean, that, that's not that's not a team you want to play against. I mean, I just think, you know, especially in the East, they can sneak in the East, you know, uh, in that 7-8 seed. So I would probably say, you know, the Lakers, the Hawks, um, you know, I'm definitely missing somebody. Uh, you know, I I think I want to say the Hornets, but I think they overpaid for Hayward. I don't, I don't really like that. That, 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 that Hayward I
2: pick mean, got me upset, man. I saw that money 120 mm. for a guy who's missed 111 games over the last, what, two seasons? Yeah. That's insane. Guaranteed, that is too. Guaranteed, guaranteed bread. Oh my God. Jordan. So Jordan goes out and has a pretty good draft. And then he shoots himself right in the foot and, and picks up Hayward and throws a bag wow. at him.
0: Well, I think with that, I think it's because you know, with, with with I know with the cap and stuff like that, you have to spend a certain amount of money. So, so I guess you know, you know they have to do it, they have to do it. You never know, maybe Hayward, because because honestly in Boston it was never gonna work. They had like forty five small forwards, so so that was never gonna work. And, mm-hmm. So they he doesn't have that problem in Charlotte. So if he stays healthy, you never know. I mean, I still think he's overpaid, but I think he, I think he'll he'll do better than he did in Boston, maybe closer to the Utah days. Uh, so yeah, uh, I sure hope so for their sake. Mm.
1: Okay. hey i need his agent that's two big contracts for a
0: one-time all-star insane i do i do i do, I do need his agent's number yes or a guy who keeps flashing.
2: Need... he's just flashing right he's just showing guys hey you know i could be this but i'm not but i'm never that but i could be so y'all gonna pay me what i own oh, what i could be right that's crazy i i, I his agent is a, is a magician for real i or think he, got, oh, he, I think he will
1: up. word i think he will flourish as- Especially with Dylan, but uh, you got a LaMelo ball who is obviously a pass first guard. Um, it was, I get your opinion on this. It wasn't on the docket, but I want to hear what y'all thoughts on this because I think what the issue was with Hayward, and I was saying this all last year when you have Tatum on the rise, you have Jalen Brown on the rise, you trade and get Kimball Walker, who we know the style the style he plays. He's never really averaged over six, seven assists in a, in his career. It was that situation where it was only one ball, like there's only one ball, and you have scorers on the team or people that need the ball. You got Marcus Smart, who isn't a scorer, but you see he's not shy with getting his twelve to fifteen shot attempts every single night.
2: Which irritates Do me.
1: you think? <laughs> what do y'all think about you know teams when we have that conversation like yo it's only it's not enough ball to go around
2: you overdraft one position right like you got you oh, went out and got Jalen Brown Jason Tatum all right cool you're good right there like let's stop nah you know you got more for a semi-olderly off the bench I think they drafted two. um they just they've loaded up that front line and then you go when you sign Gordon Hayward right? And, and I think a big part of that was they wanted to see if they could get, form out their big three. They, in their mind, they were like, well, Gordon Hayward's going to be our superstar guy. We don't know what Tatum's going to be yet. I think when they signed him, Tatum hadn't burst onto the scene yet. So, like, we, we think we're going to get our superstar guy. They got Kyrie around the same time, right? So, they're like, okay, cool. We got our big three. And I think it was Horford and the man in the middle. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we're good. Like, let's, let's run the East. Of course, the, tr- the catastrophic injury happens to Gordon Hayward. But if you remember before that injury, he wasn't balling like that. Like, it was, it was tough because he's playing with Kyrie, and Kyrie is a ball-dominant guy, right? It just That's just the way it works, and rightfully so. He's a killer. Let, let's leave it at that. But it just didn't work from the very beginning. At this time in Boston, it didn't really work, and there were too many of them. And when Tatum took that next step, it phased him out. It just phased Gordon Hayward out of it, you know? And you mix the injury with that and not being, like, a system fit, in which they I realized think- a little too late.
0: I th- well, I think well, it was honestly. I mean, it's really. I only blame Hayward. He he chose. You know, it wasn't a trade. He chose Boston over Miami, over yeah. you know New York, all these other teams. So you right. got to see that whether 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 Tatum's a star yet. You got to see that. I mean, they drafted him him high, so they got to, you know you got to understand he's gonna get a lot of playing time. So I I just think that you know he made that he made the wrong decision. I mean, obviously it didn't really affect him, but um, I just think that you know, you know these players got to start thinking about fit more than. uh, you know, all right, you go to a team that's maybe a better chance of a cont- contending, but, you you know, it's just not going to work because now you completely ruined everything. That's the same thing when Kyrie went to Boston. You know, they worked better without Kyrie, you know? So it's, it's all about fit these now these, uh, nowadays. Uh, these players just get in the bag and, and it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I think fit and chemistry, like, of course, we all heard the rumors of and going to Brooklyn and it'd be Hart and Kyrie... And KD, I'm I'm sorry. No, I don't think that would work. Chemistry, uh, people needing the style of play. Harton is a ball dominant guy. 25, 35 dribbles, one possession. Kyrie, ball dominant guy, typically needs dribbles. KD, we know he he don't need two, three dribbles. He can pull up from the parking lot and he's good. But when then you talk about the chemistry aspect it, I mean it's safe to say if y'all watching this y'all could get y'all could come on the show and argue but KD typically sensitive guy Kyrie a little touchy guy and then you add James Harden in the mix a little touchy guy what happens when you have that game where it's like yo Brooklyn lost a hey, Kyrie a hey, Harden what do y'all think about the offense tonight. You only had nine points, six attempts. Are we still going to be friends? Are yeah.
0: Oh, this is my best friend. I think that's weird. I I think I think it would work if they had two basketballs that they play with, you know, <laughs> or three. Honestly, I mean, people, you 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 fall in love with like if you're a Brooklyn fan and you're just naive to the fact that the names sound great. I mean, uh, you know, James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, but you, you got to understand that the difference between when KD went to the Warriors is that, you know, Thompson and Curry don't need the ball in their hands to be dominant, you know? So they, you know, spot up shooters or, or, or you know, they run, run, the, run the baseline. So I just don't even understand how, how it's possible that they literally, Harden and Kyrie, are not known to be pass I mean, Harden a little bit. I mean, but – that would not have worked. So I was hoping that they gutted Brooklyn, honestly, for that. But I, he's going to get moved. I just it, don't think it's going to be there.
2: So I, I'm going to give you guys my take on this. I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, lifelong, right? Mm-hmm. Or Jersey Nets to Brooklyn, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But so when I heard it, same thing. I'm thinking to myself, like, this isn't going to work. This is ridiculous. Like, this is just ridic- not, not a ridiculous nonsense rumor. You know, the, there's not enough basketballs to go around. And it'd be a, a horrible thing just with all these guys, track record with the emotions and all that stuff and how they are. But then I thought I want, I went back and watched old James Harden film from those thunder years when he played with Russ and he played with uh KD obviously. And it was entirely different. Like that guy used to play basketball beautifully. Like I, I don't enjoy watching James Harden anymore. Like I, I'm at a point where the, the 35 dribbles, uh, a possession, Dan Tony turned up created a monster uh, and, and you could say it's in a good way, but they haven't won anything. So I don't think it's a good thing. He's not playing ball the right way, which is a large reason why they don't win and why Chris Paul's running out of town and why Russ wants out too, right? Like, those are reports, right? Um, I, I think he could revert back to those old ways. It is a long shot. If I, if I, as a Nets fan, my, my issue is I'm torn because you, you're going to trade him for guys like who? Like, uh, you're going to trade Dinwiddie. Levert the, the heart and soul of what we built from the very bottom, right? Like the nets were at the bottom of the barrel. No one cared about the nets. They were horrible. Um, and then you come up and you know you've got these guys, these homegrown supers, like well, stars. Let's let's not go crazy. Stars, and and, and you're gonna trade all the, the way the whole farm. We have you have a championship team right now, Joe Harris, Landry Shamit. Uh, great bench, Allen, right? Who they're not gonna pay. They probably trade him anyways. He might have to go. But that's okay. Um, you got you have a bunch of these guys around on the team, um, and you have a championship team right now. But then you're gonna talk about adding a guy like James Harden to the mix. That's like, it's dangerous. But I have visions of how well it could work if it if, if it was a perfect world. That being said, I don't I don't want the trade to go through. I don't think the Rockets have a lot of leverage in the conversation because James yeah. can just say I have two years off of my deal. I'm going well, to be signing with you. Well, I'm, I'm I think
0: just... – I, I think I, not to cut you off, I think Harden has zero leverage. I mean, he has two years left on his deal. So, you know, listen, when, when you're a superstar – well, first of all, just to bring up your point about the old school Harden, um, I don't know, it's tough to go back to your ways 10 years ago. I agree. I and agree. you got to keep in mind, Dan Tony's on that staff now. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's, he's going to be in his ear, you know, because, you know, Steve Nash, is he's not going to – he's the head coach, you know, so, so I don't really know <laughs> – But, you know, because apparently Kyrie KD are head coaches too or whatever Kyrie said. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just think that, like, you know, uh, Harden, um, it's not – you have to understand, you make that move, it's either going to be great or a disaster because you're going to have no team. That's going to be like when they traded Melo and they gutted their team when when he could have just waited six months and Melo was going to join that team, you know. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful gutting your team for, you know – like I would gut my team for Giannis, but but that's just because, you know, he's Mm – Let's see, yeah. yeah it's That's about team of,
2: construction though. That's about well, team construction though.
0: Right. So, like for so like Miami, like I would give up certain players for Giannis, but if you're if you're in Brooklyn, you're gonna give up your whole team and four first you know it's gonna be a minimum of four first round picks because mm. you saw Drew Holiday got on the market. So I, I that definitely doesn't make any sense to do that. I think Harding gets moved, but I think it's more likely Philly, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think another team that we mentioned before we transition. Um, the Suns, James Jones, has really turned in to seem like a good GM. Um, he's doing a good job in his role. They signed back Sarek, and they get CP3. I think, you know, with the momentum that they had from the bubble, and you add CP3 to this mix, and you saw the, what he was able to do with that young OKC team as just being a four-general a leader. You add that with Booker, who – hey, it's been rumored my man is tired of losing. So you add CP3 to that mix. Now I think in the bigger scheme of things, you keep Booker there, you keep Booker happy because in this era of force my way out to do what I want to do, to go where I want to go, to play with my friends, hey, if they don't get CP3, if they don't make the playoffs next year or in the next two years, we can see him maybe going to Minnesota to be with his boys. So... Depend
0: I mean, that from happening. I I mean, I, Suns definitely. I think Suns definitely make the playoffs this year. Now, um, I I you know uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to say definitely because I don't know who actually gets eliminated from that those eight those eight spots. But, um, yeah, the Suns are definitely making noise. I mean, people sleep on, you know, they they sleep on the fact that, you know, uh the uh, DeAndre Ayan is is so underrated. Uh, the man's averaging like eighteen and twelve. And he gets overlooked because he's not Doncic averaging you know twenty eight nine and nine. So I, I think that team is is w- very well balanced. I mean Devin Booker is obviously a superstar, but I will say I I, I think his days are numbered in Phoenix too. Just you know like I said, you just end, you just want to play with your friends nowadays. So he he might ride it out a little bit. Forgot how many years he got left on his contract? But I think I think is will he, eventually Minnesota is probably gonna be the way he's gonna go. You know the towns and Russell. This, yeah, I can one.
1: see, I can see that happening. Playing with your, your boys,
0: I just think this helps. Oh, for now, hold yeah. Hold it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a bandage
2: for now. Exactly, exactly. My thoughts exactly. They're gonna be competitive. They're making the playoffs this year. Like it's a lot. Like that, they, they won. They had. They were one of the offseason winners. I had because you got Jay Crowder too, right? Yep. Like you got guys that can shoot all on the floor. That's an underrated signing too. So they're gonna be. they They're a really good team. They're gonna be six to eight. Right. And by the way, the playoffs got expanded to 10 teams getting in on each side. So, yeah, it's a lock. Are we going to have some bad teams in the playoffs this year? All right. We're going to get like Detroit. In there. Well, I
0: think, I think, I think in the West to be 10 good teams, uh, but in the, yeah, East... in the
2: East, we're going to get some na- ba- nasty first round basketball. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's just no way. Yeah. All right. That one versus 10 matchup that, that, that Brooklyn versus, versus whoever they play matchup. I'm, 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 I'm talking, I'm talking like that, but yeah, okay. like, <laughs> that whoever they play uh, that, in that last year, like it's going to be an ugly matchup, but and all, all jokes aside, I think that the sun's put it off. Right, like you guys are saying, I think Devin Booker's gonna because CP is 35, so and you're paying him 40 million a year at some point, the wheels yo. are gonna have to fall off.
0: Yo. Yeah, yeah, he, he gets injured yo. a lot
2: too.
1: CP3 talking about generational wealth. Yep, shout, yo, and that's shout out to him for just a. Hey, I'm gonna just be a hey, look. I mean, I probably do the same thing. I go to OKC, yeah, I don't expect us to win more than 30 games, I get them to the playoffs. But even if we won 15
2: games, I'm getting that bag at do 34. Remember, do you remember before the season when he left Houston, what the narrative was around him? Hey, we can't – we can't. I think the Knicks rumor started around that time, and they were like, yeah, but he's got $40 on his contract. Like, we want to dump that salary. We got to try to dump the salaries, what we were hearing. He went to OKC and completely recreated his value. They got a ton of – what they get for CP in that trade? Yeah, well, they got –
0: they got um Houston. Well, no, Houston had to give up first round picks because right, they got, to get they rid of Westbrook because they got Westbrook, yeah.
2: Right, and then but I'm talking about the trade where he goes to um the Phoenix, Phoenix this summer. What do what they do get, two, they get back? They got, oh, they got they first round there. They got, Uber. They got yeah. Uber in that day. <laughs> like, well, 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 yeah. So Uber got moved uh, eventually.
0: Yeah, he got moved. Yeah. So they essentially got because when they moved Uber, they got another first rounder. So I guess they got two first rounders, probably two second rounders. I mean, they got uh, at some point the one draft is going to be every every pick is going to be from them. So, so my, yeah,
2: right. So my thing is, who would have guessed that CPs come that kind of that kind of exactly. those kind of assets in return oh, right, now right, for right. a trade? Right? He's complete. He's, he's amazing. Like he's a made man. Um, I think if I'm him, right, the forty million dollars gen- genius to get your money where you can, right? It, the I did the sad thing for me about him is I love CP and I, I know he's not going to win a ring. Like, I just know it's not going to happen. Man. And that breaks the way those Lakers rumors started up towards the end of the season, too, after the bubble. I was like, please, please let that happen. Get him with Braun. Let's co- go coast to one because you deserve one. That's not, I feel I, like that's, that not that the, that's
1: the thing, too, with CP3. The, the rumors were exactly. there, and they gave him the opportunity when all season started. They gave him the opportunity, like, yo, all right, so CP3, you go kind of start talking to teams. The CP3 that we all know, it was rumored he didn't want to go to LA because they just won the ring. Mm-hmm. CP3 is that type of player, like nah, I'm not going to go there. I want to be one of the focal pieces of why they get the ring. So well, I, I wanted him to go. It. I want him to go to LA for him to get a ring. I wanted to see Melo sign with LA to get a ring. I'm glad he did not go back to New York. <laughs> I get it, that's home, but I'm glad. Like, at least we can say the narrative that he's trying to win. Because if he went back to New York, you know the whole narrative changes. Like, all right, Mello just – Mello wasn't trying to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad he signs back. I think
0: Portland, with their additions, you know, getting Enos cancer, they get back yeah. in the playoffs. But Yeah, they got Derek Jones. So, yeah, I, I will say the the, the one uh, – I think the best move, honestly, I, I, I forgot to say earlier, um, in free agency uh, was – or, you know, trades was – um, however Daryl Morey got Al Horford's contract off the books, he Magician. needs to win GM of the year because Magician. And and you flipped that essentially for Seth Curry and Danny Reed. I'm not even she sure was. how that was legal.
2: Magician. I, I I I saw that deal went through and I was like, okay, the Sixers are are serious. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that I fear them anymore maybe maybe i'm coming from the lens of a brooklyn fan let me just try to look at it from like a bird's eye view i they're going to be a very good team They're going to i be a think
0: very... i think they're the two seed if everyone stays healthy
2: i could definitely see that yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. the east the east That's
1: next fair. year again is going to be very top heavy but that top heavy three four teams heavyweights i think it's going to all be up in the mix of again kind of what you'll see this year like till you see the playoffs until you see who's healthy and the chemistry I think it's going to be up in the air pretty much the whole year. Like Miami was able to get into the playoffs. They was clicking on all cylinders at the right time. That shout out to Pat Riley, just the culture they built Gold. there. Goat for sure. Shout out to their culture. They signed back Goran Trogic. Miami's going to be in the mix. Philly's going to be in the mix. Toronto, they get back from Van Vliet. They U- Boston. Boston is going to be in the mix. And then you got Brooklyn in the mix too. Like that's four or five teams right there that's in the mix to possibly. Oh, Milwaukee too. Milwaukee. So I like the picks that they did. Uh, some of the trades. It's just I want to see what happens in the playoffs. I've been saying it for like the last. Three, oh four yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Milwaukee no. is so great in the regular season, and then when they get to the playoffs, is Eric Bledsoe. They got him out of here. Shot. They got Eric Bledsoe out of here. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I, Gian, Giannis got to get a jump shot. That's his problem. Hey, thank I you. Say. Let's,
2: let's give the hot take, okay? My hot take is it's Giannis' fault. It's uh, all his man. fault. Because you know why? Because, like, if I can sit in a 2-2-1 two, two, and you can't shoot, yo, you, you your guys are going to shoot to a certain average. We can play that numbers game. As long as we can keep you limited, like, you can't he, – he's too limited, right? And he's not a back-to-the-basket player. And with the way the modern-day defense is played, you can't sit in there too long in the paint. Like it just makes it really difficult for his team to operate. He's got to get his jump shot right, and if he until he does,
0: and not getting called, called not hurt,
1: we called yeah. it. We called it in February on the show. If Miami met up, oh yeah, I that.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. Bam out of bio, so
1: underrated, mm-hmm. so underrated his value. I think he should have won most improved player last year. Mm. So. Just because of his impact for your
0: team. I, I, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, but I, you have to understand what Brandon Ingram, his points per game, how much it went up. I, I would it would have been, t- it would have been like almost so tough for him not to get it. Like Bam definitely did. did he definitely improved, but I mean, I, I, um, what's his name? Brandon Ingram from went from like 13 points a game to 24 and he's about to get the bag, which I'm not sure what New Orleans is doing. Cause they're, they're taking too long with that.
2: But what are they doing in general? Well, <laughs> like that, they're they're a loser in this whole thing. We didn't even get to them. Like, it's not enough time in a show to get to these guys. Like, they drop Carol Lewis, they trade for Eric Bledsoe. So, what's going on with Zoe? Well, like, I think they're
0: doing? gonna eventually probably move Bledsoe because you got Lonzo and Lewis, which I think what's gonna, that that works perfectly for what Zion does. And and I like the Stephen Adams trade. Um, I don't like the fact that he doesn't uh space the floor, but everything else I do like about him. Um, because you yeah, obviously you got to build around Zion and, and, and Ingram. So, um. I think I think they're, they're I think I got faith in David Griffin. Uh, I just think that you know he's got a lot of things to play with, so I think that they'll be they'll be fine. Zion just got to stay healthy. That's all. Voice of reason.
2: And that and that most improved player conversation. Devontae Graham, man, that was yes. my MIP. He didn't get it. I'm not happy about it. That man balled out. I saw him come to Brooklyn and tear our hearts out. That guy's crazy. Okay, <laughs> one well, of he, 30 he, feet.
0: I think, but I, I think the rankings are right though. Ingram, bio, Graham. You could have won with either one, but. I don't know, man. Ingram is the man's the poor man KD. I, I don't know. Yeah, I we think, knew that was coming. Yeah, I know it was coming. Devontae
2: LeBron. Because, the, blue.
0: because <laughs> the thing with
1: you see with BI, and this is how we'll close out this show. We're going to have to get on the football talk on the next episode. But the thing that a lot of people do not mention if you're a young player and you play on LeBron's team, F your
0: growth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why Kuzma wants out of there.
1: If Kuzma goes somewhere else, we might see most improved play with Kuz. It's hard if you're not somebody that has the confidence, the swagger, and the just I don't give a darn attitude like a Kyrie, where you're going to still be able to get your game off, you're going to still be able to play your game and improve and maturate as any other young player.
2: Theme of the show, man. Starring your role, Kuz cool struggled starring in his role. That was his problem, especially in the bubble, right? Like in the season, and all season he did too. I said if Kuz could hit 35% of his threes, they'd win the championship. <laughs> right? But like he didn't want to just be three D, three and D, and it, it was killing him. Like he feels restricted, and I get that. Like, but you just got a chip, bro. Like, all right, yeah. you got your ring. They mm-hmm. they probably not gonna run it back with him. I wouldn't throw the bag at Kuz. I, no, I, I I, they're
0: gonna move him. I, they, they, they I went they're gonna move right. him.
2: Yeah. Right, I thought they yeah, were moving think... Bogdan, but that didn't work out. All the young, think... all the young hoopers listen to this podcast, star in your role, bro. You, there's only so many stars in the NBA, bro, or in, in any league, like in any team. I've dealt with this often, just coaching, bro. Star in your role, and, like
0: and, and role players get the bag too. Don't forget the Bertans that. From, Dude, from from 80. shout to the Bert- eighty
2: eighty, 80 <laughs> some, what eighty Ms to to do to shoot. Star in your role, guys. Like that, stop. That role. <laughs> stop hey. doing that. Stop doing them ISO drills are going to the trash cans in the gym by yourself, bro. Stop spot start spotting up, man. Like it's not enough spots for stars out here. Not enough ISO. Does, we can't call enough ISOs for everybody. Everybody wanna play ISO. Star and in your shooters, role
0: and shooters last forever. Don't forget that. Tell
2: Telling hey. you, man.
1: I think we got the title for the show, Star in your role. That's the title of this show. Even the theme for this of this episode. Episode 35, starring your role. Y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Benchmob, we out. Peace. Peace. Peace out.